Welcome to the Customer Experience Management Podcast, hosted by Anders Gustafsson and Carlos Velasco. In this episode, Anders interviews Dr. Ann Gransbuller about her work on emotions and customer experiences. So, uh, welcome once again to the Customer Experience Podcast. Uh, my name is Anders Gustafsson, and today we have a very special guest. Uh, it's and uh, Kranzbühler, um, I'm, I'm super excited to hear more about your research, but Anne, can you please start by introducing yourself? Yes, sure. Hi. So, um, yeah, I'm assistant professor at Delft University of Technology, um, specifically at the Faculty of Industrial Design Engineering. Um, yeah, and I have a PhD in marketing, and um, I'm doing a lot of research on customer experience. Can, can you help, uh, help us understand what you're doing research on? Well, I'm, I'm specifically um, yeah, trying to analyze the, the irrational factors that drive consumer decision-making and consumer behavior. And among these, um, I'm currently focusing especially on the effects of emotions. Super exciting. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I do a lot of research on emotions too, so I'm, I'm very excited to, to sort of talk to you here. Uh, you recently published a paper uh, in, in JAMS on emotions. Uh, it's a meta-analysis meta -analysis of discrete emotions. Uh, congratulations. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that article and what makes it important? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, well, we all know that emotions do play a huge role in consumer decision-making and, and basically everything that we do. And um, yeah, more and more companies, they also try to measure them. And yeah, also more and more research is conducted into these effects. But the thing that, that we saw was that um, both research and practice, and um, they tend to focus on positive and negative effect rather than looking into yeah, really specific emotions. But we also know that emotions, yeah, although they are of the same valence, they can differ greatly. So um, if you're only focusing on positive and negative effect rather than looking into the specific emotions, um, yeah, you, you neglect these differences. And thus you also sacrifice a lot of uh, explanatory power. So some studies we saw, they even measure specific emotions, but subsequently they go on and average them yeah, as positive and negative effect. And that's exactly where we wanted to um, yeah, dig a little deeper into these effects with our meta-analysis. Yeah, I mean, effect and emotions are, are super important. I, I, I think that they're both very important, but can you help me understand a bit better what, what you mean by effect? So uh, yeah, effect is more of an yeah more of an umbrella term that is used for for different mental processes like emotions or moods. But what we call uh, in our paper, and of course this is based on uh, um, yeah psychological research, what we call core effect is um, yeah it's like the always present state that any human feels at any point in time. And this core effect is described by valence. So is it? Yeah, are you feeling positive or negative and arousal? So how yeah, how activated uh, um, you are? So right at that moment, we both feel some sort of core effect. So I hope it's rather positive than negative, <laughs> also on your side. <laughs> but, but what are, are causing these effects? Because I'm I I know they're also changing, and and we're trying to figure out uh, what what explains these or how how we explain these effects, but how would you say that, that uh, these 
changes arouse, uh, arise in, in, in effect? So um, yeah, basically, your core effect, it, it might change if something happens to you, right? And that can be anything. So for instance, if you have any sort of interaction with a firm, your core effect might change, or if you're recording a podcast, or if you're listening to a podcast, <laughs> for that matter. So all kinds of uh, uh, yeah, events might trigger a change in your core effect. Yeah, I mean, the previous uh, podcast we, we recorded, uh, uh, Larissa Becker, she talked about experience as change, uh, any change in, in, in effect or any change in, in, in mood, uh, that would be sort of a, a notifier or, or, or some indicator of that the experience changed in some form. So yeah, that's yeah. why I think uh, it is a core term that we need to sort of think of when we do research on this. Yeah, absolutely. And the other sort of core variable um, that, that is in your article is emotions. But how, how would you de define emotion? So emotion um, for us is, is yeah, yeah, emotions are the feeling states that arise when humans interpret that change in core effect. Yeah? So, um, for example, yeah, they, they, yeah, you have a change in core effect, you notice it, oh, look, I'm feeling more positive right now. And then um, you actually cognitively um, look at, okay, how did that happen? And you look at what caused this change in core effect. And for example, you look at, um, okay, who was responsible for it? So for example, if you now feel more positive and you think, oh, I was uh, responsible for this myself, then you might feel proud, right? notice okay i'm feeling more positive now but um you are responsible for it then i might be grateful you know and this is kind of like determining which specific emotions um do arise so the emotions are the the reaction towards the change in core effect when you interpret it yeah but uh we're also talking about mood here uh but but uh what is mood in relationship to to effect and, and emotion so, so mood is um, it's kind of like a prolonged state of core effect. So mood is, is usually also only described in terms of is it positive or negative and how, yeah, how much arousal or how activated um, are you. But the difference um, um, from emotions is that it's, it's mostly not triggered by a direct event. So it's mostly not triggered by a specific interaction you're having with someone or, or with a firm. And it's also often um, yeah, less extreme than emotions. So it, it is a state where, where, where you enter something and then, then effect can change up and near, uh, up and down and, and, and it could result in a different emotion. So. Yeah, yeah, indeed. indeed. So, so core effect and mood are um, pretty much the same. The only uh, uh, yeah, difference in the definition is that core effect is, um, is more shorter term and mood is longer term. And if your mood or your core effect for that matter, if they change, then it might give uh, uh, yeah, rise to specific emotions. Perfect. Uh, very clear to me. Uh, but why would we at all care about sort of these terms? Why, why is effect and emotions and mood at, at all interesting for, for firms? Well, um, I mean, we know that, that humans are not purely rational decision makers, right? I mean, if we were, we would always weigh the value and price of any offering yeah, and only buy it if the value outweighs the price. But I mean, yeah, looking at, at your own um, 
behavior in a store. <laughs> well, I at least can say that this is not how it works, right? And that um, my emotions for sure play a big role in, yeah, what I'm saying and um, yeah, also how I'm feeling about um, a certain interaction with the firm. And um, yeah, if, if firms are able to yeah, understand how specific emotions arise, yeah, it's also easier for them to recognize them and also to, to trigger them or to avoid them if they're um, negative, of course. Yes, in, in, in other terms, uh, uh, in emotions uh, will influence decision making. Uh, so we, we, we uh, buy stuff based on, on, or we could potentially buy stuff or not buy stuff based on, on, on our emotions. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> uh, you have a really nice figure in figure one, which is sort of rather elaborate, uh, trying to, to sort of figure out how everything is, is sort of relating to each other. Uh, can you help me? Ex ex understand that figure a bit better. It's figure one in, in your in, in your article. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so it's basically it's divided into into two parts. So let's let's start with the um, with the left hand side. So here, um, yeah, you can see basically how emotions arise. So what's the what is the process that is going on in, in a, a person's mind? And uh, yeah, so already, I mean, I, I touched upon this briefly already um, just a second ago. So. It starts with some experience, right? So for example, you have a um, firm customer encounter. Let's say you went to a store and you talked to, to an employee there. And yeah, this experience um, might cause a change in your core effect. Huh? Either you feel more positive or more negative, or um, yeah, it's, the intensity has changed. And uh, well, you notice that change, right? And this change is then interpreted with regard to the cause, so to the experience that actually, yeah, Cost changing core effect. So, for instance, yeah, you cognitively think about it and you determine for yourself, okay, who was responsible? How certain are you about the consequences? So, what, what will happen next? How morally wrong or right was it? And these um, considerations they lead to the specific emotions, right? And this kind of like um, now brings us to the right hand side of the figure. So here um, we have the so in our meta analysis we only looked at ten discrete emotions. Uh, so they might arise from what happened on the left-hand side. And now on the right-hand side, um, the figure shows that what kind of effects uh, these specific emotions might have. And here, um, all the way to the right, you can see that we looked at three different um, yeah, firm-relevant outcomes. Namely, we, um, we looked at yeah, how do people evaluate a firm? Yeah, how, how does their purchase behavior change? And also how does their, well, we call it sharing behavior, but this is mostly about, uh, yeah, word of mouth. Um, how is that impacted by specific emotions? And then um, we also looked into, okay, are there any yeah, situational characteristics that might actually impact the effects of these specific emotions on the three outcome variables? So for example, does the effect of, I don't know, anger on word of mouth change when you're interacting with an employee versus when you're not interacting with an employee. And then additionally, we, yeah, as, you, as you usually do in uh, meta-analysis, we also looked into some yeah, methodological moderators. So for example, okay, was it a student sample or yeah, how was the study conducted in the field or in the lab or online? And uh, yeah, all different kinds of things, but let's, uh, I guess we should stick to the situational characteristics here because they are the most, the most relevant. I, I sort of, heard you say uh, that that somebody recognizes it. it it has to read 
reach cognition here. That, that's what, what you're saying. Yes, yes. So um, yeah, actually what, what the process is, is that you're changing core effect. This is something that happens without cognition. It's kind of like a bodily reaction, right? And then you notice that bodily reaction and you try to make sense of it. And that's where, where cognition comes in. So it's kind of like a, like a three-step process. So first, the core effect changes. You notice that. You think about it, kind of, or you interpret it. And then you actually feel the specific emotion. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I could have a much longer discussion just there. Because uh, sometimes I see change in behavior without people recognizing that they actually have a, a change in effect. Uh, we've done a lot of, of touching studies where when people actually not notice these things, uh, they mm. behave differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Absolutely. And yeah, maybe that's even a stronger effect in front. It was. A, it is a much stronger effect. Uh, they they actually stay much longer in the in 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 a in a, in a interaction if they don't notice. If they yeah. do notice, they go away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine. So that's also why, why studies where you actually measure um, emotions in real time, like. We just talked about earlier um are so fantastic right because you cannot ask people about the first step because it's kind of unconscious what's going on but yeah potentially the effect is is much more important yeah, I, I just find it fascinating uh, and i don't think we've done enough studies there but then again uh i'm doing some so i, I guess it's i think it's more important than other, others do um you do a meta-analysis, which is so powerful. I mean, you're testing uh, effects across multiple studies, uh, but, but, uh, or many studies. Uh, but, but what were your main results? Uh, well, um, well, first of all, maybe out of the... So, so maybe initially, I must say, um, we started out with um, 28 emotions. <laughs> So in the published paper, there's only 10 emotions left because it was just it was just a complete information overload. But um, well, out of these 10 emotions that we studied, um, we only found that four had significant effects across um, like all studies and on all um, dependent variables. And these were um, let me look, it was love, happiness, pride, and anger. And um, yeah, what you can also yeah, already hear here, it's three positive ones and only one negative one. And um, yeah, we also found really statistically um, that on average, positive emotions did have stronger effects than negative ones. This was, this was somewhat uh, uh, surprising to us. Because also like a lot of research is focused on anger, for example. Now we had, I think, by far the most effect sizes for, for anger. And a lot of firms are also focused on yeah, anger and yeah, preventing anger or alleviating anger. But in the end, um, yeah, the positive emotions, at least in our data set, of course, uh, of course, what I'm always talking about, um, yeah, did have the stronger effects. And uh, maybe one last finding I want to stress is that um, we also did find that high arousal emotions did not have stronger effects than medium arousal emotions. That was also somewhat surprising because you might think that anger again, as an example, um, for a high arousal emotion, you might think, okay, this has a much stronger effect than if you're bored or if you're if you're if you're grateful. So if you're more in a kind of like less activated um, state of mind, but this is actually not what we find um, in our data set. I, I find that super interesting. But but do you think it's mostly since the dependent variables are more long term variables like 
loyalty or, or word of mouth or, or uh... yeah maybe and maybe it's also because uh, most of the studies again they don't measure emotions in real time but they measure them afterwards and I mean we also know that um, yeah um, if negative emotions arise they do have strong immediate effects but they also fade away rather quickly and positive emotions they, they tend to stay for, for a bit of a longer time so maybe this is also driven by that yeah, uh, that's also interesting because I mean we tend to forget, as humans we tend to forget the bad stuff and, and remember the good stuff. Indeed, yeah, <laughs> which is good for firms, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh, so uh, I do like your figure too as well, uh, and and that that figure is capturing um, e emotions in, in 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 different stages, right? Uh, see if I. <laughs> uh, here we look at um, yeah, the, the three different yeah, firm relevant outcome categories, I must say, uh, that we looked at. Um, yeah, and, I mean, you can also, of course, uh, uh, relate this to the customer journey, right? Um, so evaluation tends to happen quite early in the journey, right? And, well, you evaluate a firm yeah, the, first, the first time you get in touch with it, pretty much. And then well, purchase comes later and then sharing behavior usually comes afterwards so you, you might say okay the, the, the further you move to the right on that figure the further you also move in the customer journey and um yeah what we found here was that um across the emotions that did have significant effects i must say um the, these emotions they generally have stronger effects on evaluation and sharing behavior than they have on actual purchase behavior so, well, this is good and bad at the same time <laughs> for a firm, I would say. Um, well, of course, yeah, changing your purchase behavior also has other implications, right? For example, if there's simply um, a lack of competition, uh, you might still buy with a shop or, uh, yeah, or, or, or buy a service, although you have a negative emotion, right? But if you don't have any other choice, well, you still go for it. Or if the, if the price is simply um, unbeatable, you might also just accept it. Um, yeah, but it also means um, if you as a firm, yeah, if you want to improve uh, yeah, your evaluations and um, your word of mouth, maybe, well, looking at that figure, you might also say like, ah, okay, I guess I should focus on triggering positive emotions rather than avoiding negative ones, because that's also what you can see here. Um, yeah, and on the other hand, if you want to trigger purchase behavior, really, then, yeah, based on our results, it seems to be equally important to trigger positive emotions and to avoid negative ones. If your resources are limited, then um, I'd say, okay, think about what, what is your main goal? So is it, is it about purely about um, triggering purchase or do you have to build a reputation first? And based on that, yeah, make a decision, okay, do I want to focus my efforts on triggering positive emotions or on yeah, triggering positive ones and avoiding negative ones? You also have some moderating effects or situational uh, variables. Is there anything there you want to highlight? Um, yeah, so one interesting finding we had was um, that employees, well, based on our results, at least they do not seem to act as a buffer such that emotions have less of an effect on the firm outcomes. Now you might think if you're yeah, talking directly to a person, you might yeah, um, 
attribute the emotions to that person and not so much to the firm they are representing. But that's actually not what we find. So um, yeah, on the contrary, actually, we find that guilt, for instance, only has an effect when you're interacting with, a, um, with an employee. But if not, we did not find any significant effect on firm outcomes. So that means if um, a consumer did feel uh, guilty towards the company, it did not have a significant effect on the dependent variables, only if they interacted with, a, with an FEU first. So you didn't find any positive variables there or positive emotions? We did not find a difference um, there in terms of whether they were caused by an interaction with an employee or not. Okay. So that was just that was the same. Not the same. We did not find significant differences there. Interesting. Uh, I would have expected that that uh, <laughs> employees would, would play a bigger role here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. Emotions. Yeah. Me too. Definitely. I mean, we did not look into. Um, who caused more emotions. So we only looked at the effects of the emotions when they were there. Yeah, okay. um, maybe also one thing, um, another um, thing I would want to um, highlight here is that, but well, we also compared the effect of emotions in B2B and B2C contexts. And um, here we did find that um, anger did have a stronger effect when experienced in a B2B setting than in a B2C setting. And that was also somewhat um, surprising because I don't know, my, my hunch was that, okay, if you're in a B2B setting, well, you usually you're more experienced and less yeah, emotionally involved yourself as you're acting for a company yourself. Um, but yeah, it's still, I mean, our findings, again, they don't say that more anger arises in a B2B setting than in a B2C setting. We only did find that if anger um, arises in a B2B setting, it has more of a negative impact than if it arises in the B2C setting. So, but I'm guessing that that could be related that, that they have closer relationships uh, in, in the B2B setting with individuals. Yeah, that, that might be true. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I'm I'm surprised that that uh, did, did 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 you have disgust in there as well? Not only anger. And uh, no, we didn't. We didn't. Because what, what I would expect is that disgust is said to drive more uh, action or more behaviors than anger. Uh, mm. So th that's why I wondered. Yeah, I yeah, know, unfortunately not. But I'm also not sure if there's that many studies out there that measure disgust in a B2B setting. But um, yeah, that's why we also excluded a lot of the, the other emotions because there were simply not enough effects there. So there's a lot of work still to be done. <laughs> So uh, do, do you think your article has some type of implication what we should do in terms of research? Should we understand uh, the emotions more? Because uh, we, in a lot of cases, we, we're stuck with, with the effect variables, not so much emotions. Yeah, um, well, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm team specific emotions. <laughs> As you might um, <laughs> might already guess, um, we do show that a model that entails the, the specific emotions clearly outperforms um, any of the other other models we tested. We tested just looking at valence and arousal or at the, at the different um, um, appraisal categories. So um, 
but we do show there is differences between emotions also of the same valent. And so it, of course, would also be nice to, to look at them in, in future research, of course. So there's still a lot to learn about them. And uh, especially, as I already said, there's a lot of research about anger, for instance, or, or, or joy or happiness, the more like, you know, uh, uh, activated emotions. But we do find that the, the, the medium and also the lower arousal emotions also do have quite some effects. And they are, I would say, still heavily under-researched. And um, I think we should definitely uh, put some more work into this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I recently published a study where we didn't sort of build too much on it, but we had boredom and, and difficult in there. And, and they were more impactful than the positive emotions, actually. Yeah, I think that that's that's super relevant to look into, and also also for firms then to yeah to not only focus on you know um, service recovery but also these other things. I mean boredom that that arises easily <laughs> in lots of lots of service settings, right? But it's, it's I think it's largely ignored so far. Yeah, the reviewers didn't like that at all. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, so. Uh... You mentioned this, I think, before that most of these uh, emotions or, or effect or they're captured afterwards. But would you do you think that that uh, the results would be different if we were able to capture these types of of, of uh, states uh, more uh, at a continuous basis? Yes, totally. I, I think this would really give great insights. Because I mean, the the problem is that right now, as researchers or as managers. We determine what an occurrence is, right? So, for instance, we see ah, someone called the hotline, and so we send out a questionnaire and ask them about their emotions. Yeah? But uh, I mean, maybe the consumer actually reacts to other things that the firm is not even aware of, right? So maybe the occurrence for the from the uh, customer's perspective is something completely different. And I mean, we can only capture these effects, um, yeah, with continuous measurements. So I think that's a, that's a fantastic route uh, uh, to take for the future. As we discussed, it's one I'm I'm taking. Somewhat. It's one I'm I'm more interested in than than, than others, I guess. Uh, uh, so what 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 do you, do you think your research or or this paper has some implications of what firms should do? Uh, um, yeah, I mean. Measure specific emotions <laughs> if you can. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, I mean, for managers, I think it, it, it would be great to, yeah, to, to, to measure different emotions and yeah, also think about which are, um, are the most relevant, at, uh, relevant ones at which points in the customer journey. Because only if you understand this, you can start to yeah, more actively manage actually the, the emotions. Um, and as I already said, I think there's a lot of effort being put into service recovery to alleviate anger, right, or frustration or, or helplessness, which is obviously very important, but I think there's kind of a neglect on the positive side. So what are the emotions that you should trigger at which point in time in your customer journey? I think there, 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 there lies a lot of potential that is, yeah, so far basically um, unknown to firms. So I think uh, there's certainly, um, some value for firms uh, yeah, in measuring this. So you, you're suggesting that, that we, we should try to sort of find more measures in, 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 in or more ways of measuring uh, emotions. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, again, I mean, just asking people about their emotions is, of course, also a tricky thing, right? I mean, first of all, I think it's, for everybody, it's hard to, I don't know, to indicate your level of boredom on a scale from one to seven. <laughs> I mean, of course, you can try. But if you find other ways of measuring this, it would, of course, be much better. I mean, another problem is if you ask someone, hey, are you bored? Then you start to think about, am I bored? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm bored. <laughs> so maybe before that, I might have not even uh, uh, yeah, been aware of that. So <laughs> you might actually yeah, make it worse by asking these questions. So I don't have the perfect solution for it. But um, yeah, I think it, it's for sure valuable to think about uh, different ways how you can still measure these um, specific emotions. I think we're only tapping into this uh, just now with, with uh, facial expressions and, and, and trying to figure out what moods or emotions or whatever you, you're able to capture with, with uh, facial expressions. We're only tapping into that at the moment. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, you could also think about, I don't know, educating your, your, your frontline staff and recognizing emotions better. Right. Of course, this is also it's super difficult, but um, yeah, it, it might be very, very valuable to yeah invest some some thought and some time and some money into that. I actually think that, that a lot of firms, uh, a lot of good firms do. Mm. Uh, I I, uh, I have some friends that are working in the hotel industry, and they're they're saying that that uh, if they have a complaint and somebody is, is super angry at them, uh, they actually walk around the counter and stand close to them and maybe touch them then then be on the shoulder and that that sort of dampens the, the mood they're in uh, quite rapidly yeah yeah i can imagine yeah that's fantastic uh, uh, so anyway uh it's been a pleasure chatting with you and and then i hope to to talk more to you in the, in the future and, and once again con congratulations to a very good paper yes, thank you very much it was great talking to you <laughs>